Welcome to the Open Adoption Project. We're the Nelsons, I'm Lynette, and in this episode, my husband Sean will be interviewing Dakota. Dakota is a 24-year-old adoptee. He was born in and grew up in Utah and then moved to Boise, Idaho in high school. And then after that, he went on a volunteer mission for his church, and following that, he went to university in Idaho. He currently runs a home health agency in Coeur d'Alene. Dakota also has his own adoption nonprofit called the Destiny Foundation, focusing on giving out grants, making adoption plans, and offering support groups. We're really excited to learn from him and his experiences. Okay, so we are now on the podcast with Dakota. Thanks so much for joining us for this episode. Of course, I'm so excited. Thanks for having me. We're happy to have you. Well, let's just jump in and have you share uh, your adoption story. Yeah, I mean, every adoption story has to start at the beginning, right? That's where the decisions are made. That's where everything happens. One of my favorite things to tell people is that I am not adopted. I was adopted, right? It's like, everything about my life since shortly after my birth has been like not including my adoption. So I was placed for adoption as a, as an infant. My, my birth mom was 15 years old when she had me. Um, the relationship with my birth father was very strained. He did not want me to be placed for adoption. A lot of drama happened. Obviously I wasn't there, so I'm not super aware of it, but I, because of my open adoption, I hear, I hear tidbits about each other's side. And so um, all I know is that my parents were pretty much there when I was born. My parents were like pre-chosen by my birth mom. She was super impressed with their file. My parents had been trying to conceive and adopt for quite a while. My birth mom like fell in love with them. They became really good friends even before I was born. And so it was just an ideal circumstance um, f for both parties really. Because of the circumstances through which the agency that I was being adopted in was brought to pass uh the adoption was supposed to be closed with like letters available kind of a thing so i have like letters and pictures and postcards when i was really young but somehow my parents reconnected with my birth mom when i was really young maybe like two or three obviously i don't remember a whole lot of this i just have like some very like faint memories but what's really cool is i always knew i was adopted every day my i had those books about kids being adopted. My mom read them to me like, you were born in her tummy kind of thing. But because I was so young when my parents reconnected with my birth mom, it was like, like I never questioned any of it. I always knew each other's purpose and place in our family because she is family. But it's, I don't know how to, like no relationship can be compared to like a birth mom and an adopted child. But if I were to, it's like kind of like an aunt like an aunt, she's like my aunt, right? Like I love her, I respect her, but she's not my mom. Right. Um, so what's really crazy is I may be fibbing a little bit here because I was so young, but her husband lost her job and they lived semi, like semi close to my family. So when I was really young, um, her and her husband, not my birth dad, ended up like moving in with my family for several months. So, you know, I just like, I saw her all over the place. Like I woke up and hung out with my half brother that was two or three at the time. I think I was like four, maybe five. So he's just a little younger than me. We were like best friends. So obviously just like being aware of situations 
like it was just an ideal situation for me. As I grew up, she was always in my life. It was really cool. Obviously, I, I didn't have her around as much as I wanted to at some points. And some points I had her around more than I wanted to, right? Um, my family moved <laughs> to literally the middle of nowhere when I was like 10 years old. We went moved to Monticello, Utah, which is like five hours from where she lived. But once a year, my baseball team got to go to state in like the Utah Valley. And it was just one of the coolest things ever. I was so excited to play baseball. Baseball was like my first love. It was like one of the most touching experiences looking over in the stands and like seeing my birth mom and her kids over there. At that point, it's not like your aunt, right? It's just, wow, that's so cool. I love her so much. And I actually talk to her all the time right now, but this is just like bringing back so much emotion as I talk about it because like I didn't realize how much she loved or cared about me growing up. I was just like, she was there, you know, like everybody's everybody's there. My aunts, my aunts and uncles, like they care, they're there. It was so cool. And and uh, she's she struggled with some things throughout her life that have impacted her ability to be the mother that she wants to be, both to me and to her her children. So there were times that like, I think I remember when I turned 14, I got a hundred dollars for my birthday. And I was like, Oh, this is the best ever. You know, like that's a lot of money to a 14 year old kid, at at least back then. Like my sister that's 10 now is like, come on, are you serious? (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I got this money. And then the next year I was like, I hope I get something cool. Like I'm not expecting a hundred bucks, but I'm excited And, and nothing came. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe she doesn't have the money, you know, but I didn't, I didn't get a card. Like I, like nothing. People don't forget my birthday because <laughs> it's like, oh, Christmas and Dakota's birthday. Right. So th- that hurt. But as I've, as I've grown up, like I've been more, she's been more transparent about her struggles in her life. And I obviously like, I, I have to respect that because she's gone through a lot. But yeah, like as a kid, that was that was hurtful, right? I mean, a hundred bucks is is nothing, but it was the gesture that like I was worth a lot to her at that point in, in my life, you know. So, but honestly, like growing up, I had the best relationship with my half siblings. I remember having some resentment towards my birth mom when I got old enough to realize that she kept her other kids and placed me for adoption. But it was just a thought. It was never like it never lingered. It, I was never bothered by it. I was just like, oh, what the heck, you know. <laughs> But it, it honestly, like, my perspective is so different from, a. I mean, honestly, probably 90% of adoptees because I'm just like, I'm in love with adoption. Like, I, I see, I literally have a front row seat at, like, what her life turned out to be like. And I love her and I would do anything to help her. But I see what, what my, my half-siblings have gone through and then where I am because of her decision to place me to be adopted. And, like, my parents... They're not like super well off, but they have like given us everything. Not ever was I like, oh, like my my dad can't afford that or like, you know, whatever. And now being old enough, I talk to my parents more. And I think that this is ideal in most like children parent relationships. But I think it's really special because I'm adopted that I feel like extra special that my parents start including me in like talking about their jobs and like about finances and stuff like that's really cool. And I realized like, dang, like we didn't always have everything. But like, I never doubted that like they couldn't provide whatever we needed. An open adoption helps adoptees in like so many different ways. But I like in my situation, because my adoption was so ideal, like, like nothing but gratitude, right? Obviously a lot of, a lot of people have different perspectives and I have to respect that because I mean, a big part of your purpose as um, with this podcast and with your, your organization is like to be an advocate for adoptees. 
and for birth parents. But like, this sounds super weird, but I'm an adoptee and I'm an advocate for adoptive parents. Like I will do everything I can to like help these people grow their family through adoption because I have seen how much it has blessed my life. And I, I say it every time it's like on my website for my foundation, adoption has been the conduit to all of my success and happiness in life. Like I don't want any child to be without those experiences that I had because I was adopted. There are so many, so many kids that are in different circumstances that could be benefited from adoption. It's not just like teenage, teenage um, expectant moms or like, like there's foster care kids and there's sometimes there's just children who like their parents can't take care of them adequately. A big part of adoption pre-placement is that like people are always judged. We can't just say, oh, you won't be judged. Like, cause they are like birth moms are judged hardcore. And so are, you know, parents who can't, who can't adequately take care of their children. So like making that step towards like getting them the care that they need to be raised right will, will bring a lot of judgment. So it's, it's extremely difficult, but like, I just see the potential and it's, it's even hard because my siblings have less ideal circumstances than I do, but I'm just like such an advocate because even, even they see, so I have a sister who also has an open adoption. And then my younger two siblings have like semi open adoptions. They have some relationships with some members of their biological family, but not with their birth mom. And neither of them know, know who their birth, their birth dad is. Like we see that like our parents gave us everything they could. And it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. Like, I've never been to Disneyland and I never questioned like, like all my friends, they're like, yeah, Disneyland's so cool. You should go. I'm like, yeah, yeah, we go camping, you know? And I never thought it was because we couldn't afford it. It was just like my family rocks. Like we don't want to go to Disneyland. We want to go camping. That's for sure. So um, talking about an open adoption brings back so many different memories over the last like 24 and a half years. So there's so many different experiences and like some of them, I'd say like 90% of them are good. But then I start talking and I was like, dang, I was hurt that birthday, you know, yeah. or I was um, being being an adult is way different than being a child in an open adoption, because now, like all of the expectations are are solely on me. My parents aren't there to be like to set the boundaries or to make sure that I'm protected. And it's it's probably been the hardest time frame of me being adopted is like trying to establish healthy relationships with my biological family. But it's also been one of the hugest blessings, you know, like I've because I at, at this point, I'm in charge of making sure that um, my family knows that I love them, both my family and my biological family. And so I feel more joyful or like rewarded when I'm the one that reaches out and be like, hey, I, I, I love and care about you. I hope you're doing well, rather than like, oh, here's your can you sign your name? Like, here's your annual Christmas card to them kind of a thing. Yeah, I've never actually really thought about that much where you transitioning into adulthood and your mm -hmm. your parents were who were kind of managing this relationship um are now kind of out of the picture and that's that's put on you yeah it's been it's been super difficult like there's been times that so my birth mom lives really close to salt lake like downtown it, it was perfect because i got to I'm, I'm a huge like sports fanatic so i go to i go to the jazz games as often as i can and anytime the celtics are in town like i'm I'm there. Um, I'm a huge Utes fan. Salt Lake is like my hub, right? So <laughs> it's cool because I I was able to establish like a, hey, I love you. Can I stay the night? Which is like, that's a big deal for people in circumstances less than I, less ideal than mine. Like some people are nervous to say hi to their birth parents, even if they have that relationship. And I'm like, hey, I'll be in town. Can I, can I crash? And I know that she didn't have like 
the most ideal circumstances. Sometimes she was embarrassed about like her living situation or like, do I have enough space for you? Like my kids have friends in town or whatever. I was completely fine with crashing on their broken recliner in their like carpetless living room, you know? Like I was excited to see her, but also a big, a big part. And I don't care if she hears this because she knows like how much I love her, but a big part is like setting boundaries as an adult. I can see her perspective being a birth mom, not being able to raise me. And now all of a sudden having like free reign over like talking and seeing me as much as she wants to or can. I think those opportunities where I was able to stay the night with her was so perfect because I had like an hour or two to chat with her, like give her a hug and kiss and be like, you rock. Thanks so much. I'm going to go to this sports game and then I'm going to head out of town, you know, because if, if, it, if she had it her way, like I'd be there all weekend, we'd be going out to, to, you know, and I, and honestly, like, neither of us could afford that, but like she would just pull all the strings to, to kind of like make up for lost time. Well, it sounds, we'll talk more about your relationship with her later, but it sounds like, yeah, it sounds great that you've been able to manage and balance in, in a really healthy way. Yeah. It's been a super, super huge blessing. Awesome. Well, let's, let's go back a little bit to your childhood and you talked a little bit about, you know, your parents read books that like were adoption books as a kid, but what was, what was the conversation like around adoption? when you were a kid for you and your siblings? Man, adopt, adoption was probably like the first word out of my mouth. Like um, just as much as like mama, daddy, like you're adopted, you know? <laughs> they were like, like, it wasn't like a, they, they were just terrified of it being a surprise. Obviously like one of the biggest negative connotations of, of adoption is like the rare circumstance that people find out too late. And that's like, that's when crap hits the fan, right? right? Yeah. Negative adoptive experiences are like almost always like the find out moment, like, oh crap, I'm adopted. And like, nobody ever feels great about that experience. And so raising your kid to like, hey, you're adopted. Like, this is what happened. Like open stories, even if an open relationship with biological family is impossible, like open stories are probably the most, most crucial part of a childhood and adoption is like, this is like where you're from. Your story is no different than anybody else's in the fact that we all have stories, but you are special and we'll treat you, we'll treat you like that because you're our child. But I've always known I was adopted. And I remember times where I was like sitting with my sister, I'm three years older than her and she'd be like an infant or whatever. And I'd be reading those adoption books to her. And it's just like, guess what? We're adopted. You know, like, this is so cool. Your birth mom, like she's going to come see us this weekend or I don't, I don't know a life without talking about adoption. Yeah. I think our kids have had similar experiences where they'll ask friends like, so who's your birth mom <laughs> or their cousin, their cousins like, now who's your birth mom? I'm like, no, their mom is their birth mom. Like it's, it's the same for some people. They're like, what? Yeah. You are the exception. Right. <laughs> So you feel like your parents did a, a pretty good job about educating and just talking about it and making it normal for you. Yeah, no, there's a billboard that I saw when I was on my mission that says you don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. And I thought a lot about that. And I was like, dang, my parents are perfect, you know. Um, and if you ask them, they will be like, I am so inadequate. Like there are so many times that I made mistakes and like I should have done so many different things. And we they've raised each of their kids so differently and, you know, some some in good ways and some in bad ways. But like looking at my parents, I tell them all all the time, like you guys freaking rock. Like um, being best friends with my parents in high school was like weird to some of my friends. And I'm like, yo, they're so cool. And like now, like, I mean, I haven't talked to any of my friends that I told that, but like they'd be jealous, you know, like yeah. being 24 and like I don't live anywhere close to my parents. So my relationship with them is super, super strong because 
I talked to at least one of them every single day and, and, you know, they did perfect at what, whatever they had to do to like, make sure that we knew that we are adopted and that, um, we came from circumstances that improved our life. They always just saw like the light, but that didn't mean that they were negligent to like negative experiences or past trauma or something like they are always making sure that they were taking care of us. And one of the biggest things is like, they would just ask us to talk about how they felt. And I know a lot of parents like have like specific, like one-on-ones, like, how are you doing? Like, what can I do? Like, we never had that. It was like, we'd be fishing and be like, Hey, like, how was your week? You know, or, or just like at dinner, I'd be like, you know, someone would be like ranting about their teacher or whatever. And like, they just like, they always listened. They cared about everything that we said. And then if like action needed to be made, they'd do like privately or, you know, address it with like the best way that they knew how. I see them still doing it because I have young siblings and it's just cool to be like, it's not like you guys have finally found the light on how to be good parents. You've been doing it for 24 years and it's cool. My parents just, they do so good. And from the outside in, they are not like the picture cookie cutter, perfect parents, but from the inside out, like I wouldn't have changed a single thing about my childhood. That's awesome. They sound like really, really wonderful people. And you should meet them. <laughs> we, I think we want to meet them. So maybe we'll have them on a future episode. So thinking about thinking about your parents and your siblings, uh, you mentioned a little bit that the the level of openness is a little bit different in each each circumstance, which is pretty common. But uh, maybe can you share with us maybe some of the highs and lows of having different levels of openness in in relationships across your siblings? Absolutely. And to start out, I'm just going to say that those the level of openness in any given adoption changes all the time. Um, like I mentioned, like I have to set boundaries with my birth family or my biological family now. And even like growing up, we had to say, hey, you can't you can't be talking to her right now. She's going through some things or whatever. So I was thinking about this question a lot today and it's probably the one that like caused me the most stupor of thought, right? (laughs) Because every good experience that I had in my adoption was followed by jealousy by one of my siblings. And and that hurt me. I would be like, guess what? My birth mom is coming to my state baseball games. And that's like so cool. And then I look and my siblings are playing and stuff. But now that they're old enough to realize they see our relationship with our birth family and it's, it sucks for us to see that they don't have that. Um, and obviously it's something that they long for and they're still really young, but my brother's 16 and we joke that he's the biological one because he's the black one in our family. <laughs> um, so they say we're adopted, but he's not. But I know that there's been like some very deep questions that he's had within his heart that like he, he misses, he longs for, he like loves his biological family and there is very little that he knows about them. Um, so obviously like every good thing comes with like a, a consequence of jealousy or I'm very lucky that it was never resentment, right? Like they, like that's something that other people have reason to be very angry or like hateful about. Um, and maybe that's just large, large in part because of our age differences, like that they're like, I'm three years older than my sister. She's four years older than my brother. And he's five years younger than older than his sister, like our youngest sister. So it's actually been really cool because we never had to compete with anybody. We never had to, and it goes boy, girl, boy, girl. So it's not like there was ever like, you. obviously there's the typical fighting and stuff, but. Oh yeah. We have uh, two boys that are really close in age. So we get I'm, it. <laughs> I'm very lucky because 
I'm almost nine years older than my brother and my sister's 10 years older than our sister. So between boys and girls or between like closest siblings, there was nothing outside of like normal sibling arguments. But um, I think that one of the things that I've always wanted to do and be better is like have open conversations with my siblings about our open adoptions. But it's hard for me because it's like, I don't want it to seem condescending. Like, hey, this is my relationship. Like, how do you feel about yours kind of thing? Um, because I know that it'll bring up feelings that that I have never experienced and that I don't I don't understand how they feel and they may feel that that'll probably be a difficult time for them to explain their feelings to someone. I feel like it'd probably be easier for them to experience or like to elaborate to my parents than like an adoptee with a I don't want to say a better story, but something that's that's easier. Yeah, and I wonder if maybe when they're older too, those conversations might be a little easier to have when you're all adults. Um, but yeah, I can imagine that being kind of a struggle. Yeah. And like, we all have highs and lows, right? So every adoption, um, I can think of like the best moments with my birth family and my sister can think of like the best with hers. Um, and my parents, um, can attest to experiences that my youngest siblings have because they're actually half siblings. So they have the same birth mom, um, but di- but the, neither of them know, like no, nobody knows who the birth dad is. So um, that kind of circumstance, but they have a special bond and it is, it is like it's goals, right? Um, for being in the circumstance that they were, they, they never lived together. Like it wasn't like a, we adopted them as siblings. We adopted my brother. And then four or five years later, like the state of California called my parents and they were like, Hey, we have his sister in, in foster care in California. Would you be interested in like adopting her to keep them together? And so it's been one of the, like the best experiences of my life as an adoptee, like seeing their bond with each other, but also seeing that like, that's not just them. Like, obviously people have special bonds. So it's so adorable to see them like being with each other because any typical 15 and 10 year old would like have me- mega beef, right? It doesn't matter if they're <laughs> boys or girls. They'd just be like, get out of my hair. I'm playing with my friends or like, you know, whatever. But, but if my sister's around, my brother's like treating her like a queen and um, she, she idolizes him. And what's cool is like, they allow that to, permeate into our relationships with other siblings. So um, whereas we all know that they have a special bond, it's never like exclusive. Like we are able to have that with, with each other and with them as well. So that's really cool. That's so awesome. When do you think, so as a child, when do you think, or I guess maybe not as a child, but at what point of your life did you feel like you really understood what it meant to have been adopted? As far as like the logical context goes, like I don't ever feel like I didn't actually understand that I came out of someone else's tummy, you know? Yeah. Um, but like the significance of like the emotional detachment that had to come with it for my birth mom and um, like the, the miraculous experience that my parents had finally being able to like have their own child. It's, it's like continuously evolving. Right. I, I had my parents on my podcast close to a year ago today and Um, I just remember like hearing stories of like, this changed our life. And it was so like, it was the best thing that's ever happened to us. And it's just cool. Like I never, I never heard those stories, you know? Um, My dad is 10 years older than my mom. So it was just like, just very, not rare, but like different family dynamics that like 
come into play that my dad was like, Hey, when they got married, he was 30 and she was 20 or something. And he was like, if we want kids, we got to get going, you know? (laughs) And, and so it just like, it didn't happen. And, and, uh, they knew that my mom had some health, health issues, but I don't think that they ever got the answers that they wanted. They tried um, a lot of like low level fertility treatments. Um, but, but they weren't, they weren't super well off. So like IVF was questionable at the time and completely out of affordability. Um, so at the time our church had the opportunity to pursue adoptions that were affordable for an adoption, right? It's not like it was still, still very cheap or even covered by insurance. I think probably one of the best experiences I have in my life is like hearing my parents tell a story of like adopting us or, or whatever, just cause it like, I, I, I understand more deeply new emotions as I continue to like mature. So how would you say, I mean, you talked a little bit about this before, but how would you say your relationship with your birth family has changed over time? like a lot, right? Like, um, it's not like you can just cut ties with your aunt and uncle because you don't like them. Like you can, but like, they're still going to show up to reunions, but, um, being adopted, like you either maintain it or you don't. And if you don't, you lose it. Like, because, um, obviously these people love and care about you, but a lot of them are super self-conscious about like reaching out. Like my, um, my birth grandma, she only talks to me when I reach out and she freaking loves me. And we've never addressed it, but I'm pretty sure it's just because she's like, I don't want to be pushy. Like, um, she's seen that my birth mom has, um, we've like had to set some boundaries with each other on like how much we talk and like how much I'll, I'll give to her right uh, emotionally and with our communication. So, um, there's just a lot that goes into maintaining biological relationships. There are so many different like factors that play into like a good relationship on the biological side. Right. Because, um, my birth mom, which is typically like the relationship that everybody asks about, like, what's your relationship with your birth mom, right? Um, That's probably the most important. And I love her so much. But there are factors of like, I really admire and look up to my younger half siblings that I don't really talk to that often. And some of them I do. Um, Like there's four of them. And I never talk to one. He's like 10. Um, And then the two oldest, I talk to one of them a lot and the other one I don't talk to like really at all, but I like, he's like one of my heroes. He's so cool. We actually look the exact same (laughs) except for he's blonde and has really long hair. So like all of the facial structures look the exact same, but we, we, it's just, it's like someone goes and gets a crazy alias and a new identity, you know? (laughs) Um, But when I, probably the biggest factor that comes into play with my relationship with my biological family is like a side that nobody really talks about that I wish they did because it matters so much. Um, is the day I got home from my mission, I logged into my Facebook account and I had like 60 friend requests, like, right. People that I had met on my mission that were like, I'm going to add, add him. So when he gets back, he can add me back. I didn't have social media back then on my mission. And so some of them I'm like, Oh, I, I don't think I want to be friends with you on Facebook, you know, <laughs> like decline, accept, decline, decline. Anyways, I got a message that said like, why'd you, le- why'd you delete my friend request? And I was like, I'm sorry. Do I, do I know you? I'm not, I don't remember you. I've been gone for a while. So like, I'm sorry if, if I forgot. And I, it, it just said like, I'm your father. And I was like, mom, you know, like running downstairs, like, oh my gosh. 
Um, and honestly, I probably took 20 minutes to scream for my mom. Like I was just like mind blown because in a, in adoption in general, like people don't really talk about like birth dads or like you're like ever. And most of the time they don't know, or like, they're not a part of the picture, but, but I always like assumed that my birth dad was like a bad guy because the story that I heard, or at least that I thought I heard that I, maybe I made up as a child to, to save me from some trauma was that he was not a good dude. Like he was anti placing me for adoption. And, um, you know, I don't know how much of this is true, but I, this is how I feel like it went that there were like police when I was born because like they had to, like he couldn't be there. Like there was a big deal. I know that he made a big deal out of me being adopted and it ended in a very bad way with their relationship. And so I like, I don't think it was ever formally talked about, but like, I was just like, I have no desire to meet my birth dad. Like he's a bad dude. And then I was like very nervous to get to know him. And so I was just ask, asking super simple questions. And he was like, I, under, I, I completely understand if you don't want to talk to me, but like, here's a picture of my family. I live in Mexico. Uh, I'm translating this on the internet because I can't really speak English, but I love you. And he like, um, he like wrote a letter when I was younger in English because he like, he, all of his English skills are very limited, like reading, talking, like is he can talk better than he can read or write. But um, he wrote a letter when I was younger saying like how much he loved me and like he would do anything for me to be happy. And he just sent me a picture of it because he's like, I never was able to give it to you. That was so cool, you know, um, because it, like people seek these things out and like most of the time they're extremely like disappointed. I think my sister would feel comfortable with me saying this, like this is super crazy, but I was, um, so my birth mom was with a Mexican guy when she got pregnant, he was illegal and went back to Mexico after a lot of crap happened with their relationship and with me being placed for adoption. She was 15 when she was pregnant and like literally the same exact situation with my sister, like 15 year old girl got pregnant from a Mexican guy and crap hit the fan and they, and like he left after I established this relationship with my birth dad, which I'll get into in just a sec. My sister like sought out hers because like she had heard, from her birth mom that he still lives in Utah. Like he has a family and she was like, Oh cool. Like Dakota's birth dad has like a family and stuff. And um, she went there and like met a lot of people like, but we don't, I don't really know a lot of this story just because of how poorly her experience went. But like she got scolded for a lot of stuff and um, hardcore judged and like a lot of stuff like was like literally was not even in her control at all. You know, like we were there when she was born. Um, I met, both of her birth parents, you know, I was four, but, um, it's just like every dynamic is completely different because if you look at me and my sister, like, Oh yeah, we have the same adoption stories. Like, you know, both of our birth moms were 16. Both of our birth dads are Mexican. Um, she looks white, but I look more Mexican, but like so many factors go into a one adoption story. Um, like just one, right. Even though my siblings have the same birth mom, like, nothing about their stories are the same. So going back to my birth dad, like he sent me pictures, sent me a picture of a letter that he had wrote when I was younger. And it was just like ideal, you know, like I was like, this is like, if I cared when I was younger, this is like what, what I would have wanted to find. You know, I feel like one of my gifts as a person is like perspective. Um, 
I have like 30 employees with my home health agency. And there's a lot of times that my colleague is like, we need to fire her or we need to write her up or whatever. And I'm like, just like put yourself in her shoes. Like her husband is in the hospital. He just got diagnosed with diabetes. Would you expect her to show up to work tonight or would you want her to be there for her husband? You know? Um, but I'm, if I'm looking back, I'm like, my birthday had waited like 21 years. Like that is a long time. That is like a long time. And he wasn't abrasive. Like he was just like, Hey, if you're ready, like I'm here, here's your siblings. Like, I love you. And if I never hear from you again, like, I hope you're happy. So, um, I love him a lot. So you connected with him when you were 21. Um, that's been three years. So can you tell us just a little bit about how relationship has developed in that time? It's hard. He doesn't yeah. speak English very well, you know? Um, and there's been, I've had dreams that like I got to meet them and stuff. And so, um, I keep postponing this like inner intuition that I should learn Spanish. And I was like, screw it. This is my year. <laughs> so, um, I'm all about making goals and like self-improvement and leadership and stuff. So I, I like, lo I mean, I know a lot of people that love goals and self-improvement don't like new year's because they think it's just an excuse to do it once a year, but I'm like, new year's rocks. Like if, if it's an excuse to get anybody to make goals, like let them do it. Um, I was like, this is my year to learn Spanish and it is not going as well as I thought it would, <laughs> but I've got a streak on Duolingo. That's like half of a year long now. So I'm, I feel accomplished, even though like I went to the Mexican restaurant a couple weeks ago and I got through most of it. And then he was like, yeah, something about the dish, like how I want my meat cooked. And I was like, oh crap, man. Like, I don't know how to say that. <laughs> I wasn't on Duolingo yet. <laughs> you know? um, anyways. So it's, it's been a lot, um, a lot of like nothing, honestly, like, um, he missed, oh my gosh, this is, I, I, I shouldn't say it's been a lot of nothing. We don't communicate a whole lot. Um, but when I had my podcast about adoption, we had weekly live shows that were posted on all of our social medias and, um, we would get like, like nobody would ever really watch live. We would just get like a lot of views and shares and stuff. My mom would text me like every week and she'd be like, Juan watched it. Like every one of my podcasts, like my birth dad watched and um, he liked them all. And he would like send me messages. He's like, I'm so proud of you, which number one is like huge because he's my birth dad. But number two, like from the only thing I knew about him about being anti-adoption. And now he's like, you're amazing, you know, because I'm out here supporting adoption. But one of the coolest things is like, him and my mom have sparked a really cool relationship. Like they don't talk, but like any mom, she posts pictures of and with her kids. And he's always just like beautiful family and like miss you guys. Or like, um, thanks for raising such an like incredible children and stuff. And that's like a dream come true for adoptive parents who are almost always scared of like reunification, especially for like after so much time. Right. Yeah. I'm very lucky. Like, I, I try to be an advocate for adoption, but it's just so hard because I feel like I can't compare my story to anybody's because it's so ideal. You know, like I try to be like, Hey, this is the best thing ever. And they're like, yeah, but you're the exception. Like nobody else has a story as good as yours. So thinking about openness, um, do you think it's possible to be too open? I think the only opportunity for adoptions to be too open is like when, 
like neglect is is a factor and um, feelings aren't listened to because I know of people not in my circumstances I know of people who are in um, relationships that they don't want to be in right like they don't feel comfortable around their birth mom or somebody but their parents push that because they're like open adoptions are like the best thing ever right everybody pushes them um, yeah well, I feel like open adoptions should be the 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 default or like the norm right and then you have to measure like toxicity and how like mental health is going because i don't struggle with that stuff but i know that um adoptees are much more likely to struggle with anxiety depression like feeling abandoned stuff like that um so like have those conversations with your kids whether they're formal or not like hey do you want to see your birth mom this weekend if they say no, then you got to respect that, you know, obviously for different reasons. If they just like, no, I want to hang out with Jerry instead. Like, um, we're going to go see your birth mom. Jerry will be there next week. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but if it's like, mom, please don't make me do that kind of a thing. Like I've seen that in my life and that's when it's, I, I wouldn't say it's too open. It's just like, you have to, you have to keep those relationships sacred or they're going to be ruined so fast. Um, because you have to, um, going to step out and tell a story when I was growing up like you know every first day in class they're like tell us an interesting fact about you you know and I'm always like I was adopted and people are like that's not interesting or like we know you know and I was always like kind of about her I'm like that's freaking interesting you know like you guys aren't adopted <laughs> um but looking back like they they took it face value. Like I was no different than any of them. And I feel like that's the way I should have been treated. Like, obviously I wanted to be treated special, but I'm like, yo, I'm adopted and he doesn't have a leg. Like people have different stories. Um, just because mine started when I was born doesn't mean that it's any different or it's different, any more significant than anybody else's. Yeah. So like looking back, I have friends that are adopted and friends who have adopted now that I'm old enough to, have friends that are like in that stage of having children and stuff. Um, you got, you got to pay attention to how you feel as well. Like I know that some people are like, yeah, we're going to go see our kids birth moms. Like we're not very excited about it, but it's the thing to do, you know? Um, sometimes that's a good thing. And sometimes it's a bad thing, right? Like if you really have your children's like best interest at heart, you'll know whether that's a relationship you should pursue or to like, put on pause and like those kids are going to grow up like being adopted isn't like just a children thing like if they don't have a great relationship with their great aunt or whatever then they they have the opportunity to nurture that when they're older if they want to and I feel like in this circumstance it can be extremely closely related to like any relationship in a family like if you don't want to see someone you don't have to see them if you don't want to have a good relationship with them, then you don't have to. And especially if you don't feel like it benefits you mentally or emotionally, like if you're constantly stressed and struggling and like, I don't want to see them, like it'll cause PTSD or whatever. Um, it's no different than if it was like your Aunt Bessie, you know, like don't go see them if if both parties agree to like, hey, it's probably best that we don't do that this weekend or something. So it, it can be super casual because a lot of people, a lot of times they are most I'd say like 90% of open adoptions aren't always like, Hey, we're going to go meet your birth mom. Like this is a first time thing, right? It's like, 
hey, she's in town. You want to go get lunch? Like, that's how it happens. Like, every time. Um, my sister's birth mom lives like 20 minutes away from her now and she's having a baby and they're like, hey, you want to get lunch? Or, hey, like, I'm going to stop by and drop off some cookies or something. You know, it's it's not like, it's not a crazy relationship. Yeah. It's, it's just built different. Oh, I love that. And I, th- I think that's really good advice for all members of the adoption triad uh, to just consider the type of relationship you have. Uh, what are the benefits? How is it helping or not helping uh, you grow closer to each other and and kind of make those assessments? I, I think that's awesome. awesome yeah, there's counsel. like I feel like there's a there's a huge like self reflection question you need to ask yourself. Like, why are you pursuing this relationship? Like, is it to check off the box? Because if that's the only benefit that comes out from seeing them this weekend or allowing them to stay over or like doing a big trip together, then don't do it because it's not going to benefit, right? Like in that sense, it is different than a biological family because you have to like be sensitive, like allow the children or the adopted children to like pursue those avenues and that relationship because it's not going to be, it's not going to be there naturally it's not like you just hang out with your cousins every weekend you know like this is they are different and so if um if you ask yourself that and you see like what what am i looking for in this relationship for my child and honestly like if you're if their birth mom is in a place that they should not be seeing their kid like that's okay not to plan that trip um my my siblings know that like they um they don't have any sort of relationship with their birth mom and as much as it hurts, they're completely understanding of it, right? They don't, they don't want a toxic relationship is not better than no relationship. What do you wish people understood about adoption? Maybe those that are new to adoption or are, you know, just learning more about it right now. Uh, what do you wish that people understood? It depends why they're trying to understand adoption. Um, if they're looking into like adopting a child or like growing their family through adoption, then there's a, there's a lot they need to understand, right? It's not just like, Hey, fill out the paperwork. Do you have the, do you have the finances to make this available? If not, like, here's, here's application for like a personal loan. Like that doesn't suffice. Like, I don't care, honestly, as an adoptee, and this is going against the grain of every other adoptee that has a platform that cares about being an adoptee. I don't care why you adopt a child as long as it's the right reason. Like if it's because of infertility or because you just want more kids, like if you're capable of having a healthy relationship with them, then do it. Like a lot of people are like, you're just adopting because you have infer- you like experiencing infertility. Like I don't care. Like if they want to adopt a child, let them do that. Um, now a big part of what my foundation is pushing towards is providing a non-biased education system for adoptive parents and a support group. Um, so stay tuned. <laughs> but. Um, but obviously every every avenue of like why why are people wanting to care about adoption based on is based on their perspective like if it's my friend that i'm like yeah i'm adopted he's like yeah like loser like nobody wanted you you know i'm like yeah right my parents paid paid me for, paid for me for cash you know like you had your parents just like be like build the insurance you know like whatever um like i was chosen like i like there's always those kind of usually kids right but number one it's not worth fighting with those people like i don't need to tell my buddy why i was adopted um but i think that it's something that needs to be included i mean there's a lot of things that children are are having to learn these days 
that I didn't. And like, you know, um, many different political agendas and things that are happening around the world that kids need to be informed on. And I feel like, so last year was the first time that two parent households have gone up in the world in like 60 years, which is freaking sweet, you know? Um, but with all that is being included in the education system, like why are we not talking about families and why are we not talking about like foster care? And it doesn't even need to be adoption. Like these children that are in less than ideal situations are like being put into a, like a one size fits all with like the kids who have perfect parents. Um, and the kids with two parents are being put in less than ideal situations in communities that are typically like single parent homes or, you know, sometimes no parent homes. Um, that's like a lifelong battle and something that I can't, I can't change. Um, but if parents around the world collectively can talk about like some kids were adopted, like big whoop, like you love them, but they are not different from you. Like they're not, not wanted. And usually that's because they're like loved extra, you know, like, um, yeah, there's my soapbox. I love it. I love (laughs) it. I have, I have all these big, big, hairy, audacious goals with, um, education and not like education in general, but like educating the public on like the good, the good that comes from building a healthy family and adoption and stuff. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. We're, we're uh, hand in hand with you in that, uh, (laughs) that awesome goal. Um, how do you feel like family members or friends can better support adoptees? I don't want to exclude adoptees that have different stories than, than mine, which are the majority but thinking outside of like, cause obviously my parents like did like they pulled, they pulled out all the strings and like making sure we were like loved, taken care of, treated no differently. It's not like we were never disciplined because we were adopted, you know, like everybody like has strains on different relationships. Like I feel like, um, I had to fight to get along with my cousins the same that my cousins who were biologically related had to fight to get along with each other. Um, like obviously so because my parents, well, my mom wasn't, but my dad was a little older when he got married and, and they got me. Um, he had really, really good relationships with like his nieces and nephews, right? Like they were like, oh, Uncle Doug rocks, like all this stuff. And then I come into the picture and like those kids get dispersed, right? And so this cousin that I've like idolized my whole life, I've never had a good relationship with him because um, it just started really young. And, and because as we grew up, like he was not significantly older, but like five or six years, like to the point where he was like way cooler than me, you know? Um, but we had all the same interests and like, I would just sit outside. Um, we grew up in a really small farm town. So I just like sit outside watching him play basketball, like on the farm, like dirt, dirt, dirt road, like the hoop is on a barn kind of thing. And, um, he'd be like, dude, go away. And I'm like, you're so cool. You know? Um, but like none of my family ever treated me like differently because I was adopted. It was just cool that like they were so stoked that Doug and Marcy finally got a kid. Like they've been trying forever. And so like, I was, I was like a little miracle child kind of thing. Like, I don't feel like I was treated differently. I was just like, everybody loved me. And I mean, it's all about character, you know, and a lot of adoptees struggle with finding who they are um, because of like the way they were raised. And that's something that I'm, I'm trying really hard to, um, to understand is because like, I, I like love my roots. Um, a lot of people like, 
are super surprised when they hear that I like love to sing country music because they're like, you seem like a city boy to me. But then like the people that like see me at work and they um, like, I don't know. It's just like people don't have these weird expect or they do have these weird expectations about me. Like I'm a city boy. I'm a country boy. Um, Like I can like both, you know, I can listen to rap and country and I can I can love to go shopping or like travel the world and still like enjoy like porch picking and like eating apple pie kind of a thing. Um, so I see where a lot of people struggle with like finding out who they are in circumstances where their parents are like, I don't even know who you are, you know? Um, and that's in normal relationships. It's not just like adopted kids, but adopted kids have like the butt end of the deal where they're like, I don't really know my genes. I don't know what, like what hobbies, like most of my family, my birth family has. Um, but I think that like, now that I'm talking about it, that's probably like the, the best thing about my parents in the entire world is like, my dad was like a freaking amazing wrestler. Like everybody talks about like how good he was at wrestling and growing up, he's like, you want to wrestle this year? I'm like, no, I'm playing basketball, you know? And I know that he like always wanted that wrestler kid. And he like, not once did I ever feel guilty for not wrestling. Um, and not once did I ever feel ashamed because I like to like rap when I was in high school. And that is not my dad. You know, my dad is like a, let's go hunting, fishing, like sit on the porch. Um, let's build garden boxes. Let's go mow people's yards. And I'm like, you know, being like this, this yuppie kind of like growing up. And it's like, not what my parents expected, but looking back, and, and even like looking right now, like how they're treating my siblings that are still around them. Um, like they loved and supported whatever the heck we wanted to do, as long as it was like appropriate. Um, obviously liking rap music as a teenager is not a parent's dream. And <laughs> singing it in the minivan and on our way to like vacation and I get scolded the crap out of, I'm like, yeah, probably should have been smarter about the lyrics I was saying out loud, you know, but I didn't know what they meant. <laughs> But that doesn't mean he's like, you're grounded. Like you can't listen to that music. He was just like, you need to like know what you're, what you're listening to kind of a thing. And he's like, and if that's, if that's what you like, then do it appropriately kind of stuff. So um, I'll toot my parents horn all day because they are like perfect parents. And I think that the main thing was like, they let me grow up and be whatever I wanted to be. How do I say this? I have become more ambitious for my britches than they think I can be. Um, they're like, you, you dream too much. Like you want to do too much stuff, especially coming from like my parents who were like, grew up on like farms, you know, like being anything outside of like a farm boy is like, what, you know? Um, and just, just where I'm at today is like, so cool to be like, like my parents freaking love what I do. And it's nothing that they ever, I don't think they ever even had expectations for what I was going to do, which was really cool because they're like, we can't wait to see you like be a doctor or a lawyer. Like one of my dad, um, might get a little emotional about this, but, um, my dad's like greatest regret in life was like dropping out of college and he suffered for it for like 30 years working in the prison system. And not once does he come home with like a, with an angry face with, or like he's never hard or harsh at home. And you have to be hard and harsh at work to be in that environment. But something that's cool is like, I've met some of his colleagues and they're like, Doug is the nicest guy ever. Like, like we don't deserve him. Like, we don't know why he works here. And I know that he doesn't like his job, but he shows up and people think that he's, he loves his job. Um, So like the only expectation that was put on me is like, do better than that, you know? 
Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't, if I went to college, it was like, do what you want to do and do it as good as you can. And so when I came home and told them like, I want to be a healthcare administrator. I want to be a CEO of a hospital. They're like, dope. Like, what can we do to help you? And I was like, well, I'm in college. And they were like, well, like, here's the application for student loans. You know, like I didn't receive a dime from them. I remember one time in my entire college career that I got something from them. It was because I was broke as heck and I couldn't make it back to college. So he filled my gas tank and, and that was it. Like I never, re I never got a dollar. And so obviously those, those people, I'm including myself in that phrase, like work freaking hard because like, I'm not going to get any handouts. I can't just be like, mom, dad, like I'm screwed. They'd be like, we love you. Like, do you need advice? You know, like <laughs> we have, we're full of that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, obviously it was a difficult conversation because it would be with anybody. But like when I approached them and I was like, mom, I want to change the world. Like, I don't want to be a hospital CEO. I want, I want to start a foundation that like is in every nation. And I want to like, I could feel confident telling them like, I want to like be the president of the United States. Obviously like, it's hard to tell anybody that because they'll be like, wait, are you serious? You know, but like, they'd be like, okay, like, I never doubted you for a second. Like, like, what can we do to help T to close that? Like, don't treat us differently. Like, it, um, respect our experiences because they are very valid. Like, there's a lot of things that adoptees have gone through, my siblings included, that I will never understand. Like, me, I will never feel abandoned. And I feel like I didn't experience trauma, which 99% of adoptees will have some sort of feelings in their lifetime. But what I have felt is like extremely valid, even though it's the exception. And I was never treated any differently than any kid off the street or any kid in the, in the seat at the library, you know? Um, yeah, our experiences are special and they're unique. It's not like being adopted is, is super common, but it's not rare. And all I expect for the public is to treat us no differently than anybody else. Love it. And I think that's one of the huge reasons why we're trying to do what we're doing. You guys rock. <laughs> Not as much as you. <laughs> well, is there anything else that you'd like to say about adoption or any other last thoughts that you'd like to share before we wrap up? Nothing is better than people like valuing your thoughts, especially from a perspective or like a dynamic that people feel like they don't belong. Like a lot of adoptees struggle with like people don't value me here or people didn't value me there. And that's probably more common, but um, me kind of like, Hey, I want to share all that I can about adoption. Like that means a lot to me because I know that like someone wants to hear it or someone cares. Um, and a lot of it is like, Hey, my parents have given me everything I could have dreamed of like as far as like being set up for success. Like I wasn't, I wasn't gifted a trust. I wasn't given even free education. <laughs> like um, they taught me work ethics and they taught me how to like build real healthy relationships. And I think that was probably one of the greatest things that they could have done for me is like they showed me how to manage healthy relationships by the way that they treated my adoption, which is really cool. Um, and honestly, most parents won't even get credit for that because it's kind of like a, like now that I'm talking about it, I'm like, dang, like I've learned so much from my parents 
And I know that they didn't even try to teach me that, you know, um, they were just like doing their best to like, Hey, I think we should um, reach out to Dakota's birth mom and like send pictures or whatever. But me growing up, I'm like, they value relationships. And that's something that's incredibly important to me is like, um, reaching out to people that care. So I I have people that I met all throughout my life. I'm like, Hey, I want to like kind of reach out to them. And they're like, Oh my gosh, like, who are you? And I'm like, you changed my life, you know? Um, or people I met like on my mission or in college. Um, but to toot my parents horn, I say that a lot because they're, they're perfect. Um, they taught me how to have healthy boundaries and build solid relationships. They taught me how to have good morals, like, um, being able to make healthy decisions that benefit me and those around me and also understanding consequences of, of the good and the bad decisions that we make. Um, and then just like treating people with respect and, and obviously work ethic because my parents, um, they had to try really hard at everything they did to be sufficient. And because of that work ethic, I'm like, dang, they were, they were far superior to being sufficient parents. Well, Dakota, thanks so much for being on this episode. We've really appreciated you and how just open and candid you are about your story. And I think we have a lot of really good takeaways that our listeners are going to appreciate. So thank you very, very much. And I'm honored. Thanks for letting me share my story. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Open Adoption Project. It was wonderful to hear from Dakota. He had so much great stuff to share and we hope that you really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. And if you have a chance, go ahead and give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Or as always, you can reach out to us on email at openadoptionproject at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening.